Wowie zowie! Hey, thanks for turning on episode 48 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. We have a returning guest, our buddy, director and motion graphics artist, Fetty Ponce, creator of Sebastian, the Sumerian Odyssey. Fetty's brought his lead character designer, Anthony Sixo, who's a very talented, to talk about character development, how they came up with these characters. Fetty takes us through the Kickstarter page, some of the rewards. We geek out over Photoshop and drawing hardware. And there's an after show with even more fun stuff, listener. You don't want to miss it. Let's do this. It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts... Anthony and Imran. And we're back. What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining us. We're live to Hard Drive on episode 48 of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. <laughs> he's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we have another great guest, a returning guest. A returning guest. guest. A guest responsible for... A lot of downloads for that epi- particular episode. The guest, returning guest from like our most played episode, uh, joining us is uh, an amazingly talented motion graphics artist and director, Mr. Fetty Ponce. Thanks for coming back, dude. How are you? Can I say something? Absolutely. Geek boner! Ah! <laughs> Geek boner! Hey, we did, if you listen to the, uh, our, we just put out a show and I gave you guys a special, to the whole crew of Sebastian, I put out a special Geek boner and we talked about it because I love that you're spreading that around. Uh, yeah. that, <laughs> that is so awesome. He is officially a <laughs> friend of the show. That's what I like, spreading the word around. Fetty, how's it going, man? How's this journey to of Sebastian, the Slumberland Odyssey been so far? It's good, man. It's been a lot of hard work. It's been pretty exhausting. Uh, we are running on fumes right now, but just so so happy and um, just we we we've just had an unexpected uh, wave of support, and there's just this beautiful momentum building. And uh, you, we're excited, man. We we want to get to that opening, and and uh, you know Tuesday six o'clock in the morning, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking at those numbers and. Uh, just you know, just just waiting for the wave to hit. We're we're excited, man. Right on, man. That's Tuesday, October sixth. October sixth, okay. the Kickstarter goes live. Now, let's not leave our our, your, our new friend in the hanging out there. Fetty has brought an amazing guest with him. Why don't you introduce your guest? Well, uh, I want to introduce my guest. He is uh, his name is Anthony Sixto, and he happens to be one of the best uh, character designers, uh, concept designer, which is uh, sort of a very uh, you know, interesting and complex uh, job title because he's not, you know, he's not just an illustrator. He is not just somebody that's rendering concepts. He's somebody that has a really smart way and a very intelligent way to go about character design. Now, um, I'm, I'm super lucky to have found him. I'm super lucky that he's as excited to be part of the project as, you know, everybody that's in it. Um, I, 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 like I said, I think, I think a lot of this project is, is, luck based i don't know how i land these awesome guys but he is uh you know he's here he's with us and i wanted to bring him because i wanted him to talk about his mental process and and you know his creative process which i find not only extremely fascinating but um you know it's so cool to have an idea in your mind and to share it with someone and then that someone uh brings it back and and just develops it and evolves it into something so much more uh, complete and cooler. So, That's Anthony. <laughs> Anthony, how's it going, man? Thanks hey. for joining us. <laughs> yeah, how's it going? Thanks for the the intro. Although I would have to say, um, 
I wouldn't put my cate- uh, my category as the best, but I try pretty hard. So <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Now this is going to get confusing. There's two Anthony's on the show, fellas. How do you Sarah. propose we deal with this? Well, there's there's the talented Anthony and the untalented. <laughs> All right, oh, I know I know exactly how to proceed. <laughs> and I'll I'll leave it to the listener to decide by the end of this which one's the. Talented I think we one. already. <laughs> <laughs> you could just call me by the last name. You could just use Sixto. That, that, by the way, yeah, Sixto yeah. is a badass name. Like, I feel I'm talking to, like, an agent or, like, a superhero. Be like, damn it, we need Sixto. <laughs> Get him on the phone. <laughs> Only Sixto can prevent you, you, this the, disaster. The the funny thing about it is that name probably I, – I, I don't have proof for sure, but it's pretty much from the laziness of immigration administration because uh, <laughs> when my family came over here – I'm pretty sure the name, we have evidence that it was S-I-S-T-O. Oh. And then when they came over there at the gate or whatever, they're just like X. Oh. <laughs> well, I was. it reminded me of Jeremy Sisto. And I was like, wait, are you related? Then it was spelled differently. <laughs> where uh, Where are you from? What kind of name is that? My It was from my father's side. It's uh, He's from Cuba. Oh, okay. oh nice. nice. And uh, how'd you guys meet? Oh, uh, well... That's a really that's a really good question. I I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, do you remember? Sixto, you remember how you met this dude? I believe, if I remember correctly, I I it was an email meeting. But um, oh, you know what? Uh, I know a, another artist who's a professor at Noman, and I believe this is how my work. I I can't, I can't remember either. <laughs> I believe he got he sent it. His name's Kevin Blanchard. Really awesome dude, and um, he had put my. Workout? Maybe that's how. I could be completely wrong, though. I it could so. just be it's, that. Yeah. Is that who? Was we were we were putting? I was putting together uh, a, a really really big project for an unmentioned uh, comic book company that has films out, and we we were putting together um, a, a team to develop a really really great project, and unfortunately that project fell apart. Um, the, the company uh, decided not to go with that particular um, concept. Uh, but anyway, when we were putting the team together, uh, Anthony's name came up, Sixto, and uh, <laughs> and, that, and his name came up, and I think that's how we started the conversation. But it wasn't it wasn't like months, you know, it was months later that that you know I, I reached out to him. Yeah, it was definitely out of the blue. It was like I just kind of got the email, and I didn't expect it because I remember early talks about that previous project. Just not, nothing's detailed, just like it, it might be a thing. And then, like, like you said, months later, I got an email, and we just kind of connected from there, phone calls and emails and such. Nice. Anthony, did you always want to be a uh, concept character designer? I kind of, I may have been snooping around a little bit. On no, the I always wanted to be a jock. I mean, six tell you, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Lame. I know you always wanted to be a jock. I'm going to have to be a little more specific. Six tell. First of all, let me just back up a little bit. Listener. If this was a comic book right now, there would be a little caption in the bottom. There'd be an asterisk, and uh, over Fetty Ponce's uh, name, it would say first appearance, Jock and Nerd, episode thirty-four. Definitely go check out episode thirty-four because we learn a lot about my man Fetty and Sebastian. It's a great interview. Now, I snooped around a little bit on Mister Anthony Sixto, and also the show notes for this show will be at jockandnerd.com/slash forty-eight. There's his artwork on. Uh, I'll have some of his artwork on there. The man is amazing. And uh, did you go to Columbia College in Chicago? I absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. nice. Uh, I went there uh, like eleven years before you did. I'm really old. Oh, cool, cool. You are old. Yes, it's like a. It's a cool. It's like a ragtag kind of. Uh, I don't mean to downplay him. Like I really liked it there. I really had a lot of fun there. Yeah. 
it's kind of like a scrappy kind of school. I, I really liked it. No, it was fun. There's a I lot. Should, I should have said ragtag. <laughs> ragtag sounds really negative. Let me ask that. Not ragtag. More like scrappy. You know what I mean? Like together? They work yeah. really <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Look, if you've gone to Columbia, you'll understand. It was, it was, it was very loosey goosey in some aspects. But you did work yeah. with a lot of people in the industry, people who are doing what they're teaching, and uh, it was a great place to network because they have a great like radio program. They got a great film program, great art program. It's actually, I met a lot of fun people there too. None of whom I talk to anymore. But that's uh, that's just how. That's I'm because at. you're a shitty friend. That's because I'm a really shitty friend. Give me like <laughs> seven more years, I'll get back to them. But. Uh, uh, Sixto, when how did you know you wanted to? Did you always want to be a character designer? You wanted to uh, when, since you were little. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I always was. Um, I don't want to say I was always an artist because that sounds pretentious, but I was always drawing and little weird things and stuff when I was a kid. And um, it was more of kind of a thing that just was. I had a knack for, and I just did it. I didn't really think about it until I got older as like a thing you could do professionally. I don't know why, because I loved animated movies and Star Wars and stuff. Yeah, what, in, what inspired you uh, at that age? What were you drawing? Uh, probably Star Wars. Uh, Star <laughs> Wars and comic books. I was yep. a big... Like, if I think of the primary art sources that would inspire me visually, it was Star Wars and comic books like Kelvin and Hobbes. And, oh, um, yeah, I was kind of all over the map. As no, as dude, you have so. the exact same taste... I do. I also am an illustrator and I've always been drawing since I was a little kid and that's what I was drawing. Yeah. I was drawing Spider-Man and uh, Star Wars and like oh, yes. and like Robotech. Spider-Man was the first yeah, Spider-Man was the first uh, comic that I would collect. And I didn't know I didn't I was too young to understand like how comics worked. So I never bought any story in in sequence. I just bought a bunch of random issues of different <laughs> stories. <laughs> Did it? Uh, did that make sense? You were like, "Why is this guy doing?" Oh, it doesn't matter, and it really didn't matter because no, you just kid, don't care. you were looking at the pictures. Yeah. You're like, "I'm just going to draw this." Uh, I remember for some reason I, I used to draw Care Bears, which was kind of lame. But what the fuck is wrong I, with you? I don't know, but I drew, I drew them really well. That's all I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I remember the Care Bears. I remember the Gummy Bears. Gummy, yeah, guys? gummy bears were uh, gummy bears were actually what inspired. We recently talked to Greg Wiseman, the producer of like Gargoyles. He created Gargoyles. And oh, yeah. that, that show was wow, inspired by gummy bears. The, the candy? No, the cartoon. Well, the cartoon was inspired by the candy. That's ironic because on the way here, I was I ate like a shit ton of gummy bears. But that cartoon was really <laughs> good. It was like a legit mythology. They would drink this juice and bounce around. Like I remember loving gummy bears. Like, dude, that, was, that's a legit mythology. No, it was, dude. They had a whole backstory, <laughs> and it was ex- it was like an action cartoon. It was great. Oh my god. No, not a fan of gummy bears. Oh. I, 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 they're very enjoyable to eat. <laughs> <laughs> For a product placement show, it right. was pretty – like they put some care into it. Yeah. Exactly. And without gummy bears, we wouldn't have had awesome gargoyles. Uh, anyways, <laughs> our, dude, uh, uh, Sixto, like illustrator-wise, artist-wise, who do you, who do you like? Who, do you, uh, who inspired you in your style? Um, I think um, probably early on it was uh, – I, I don't know if you remember um, Batman, the animated series. Oh, yeah. And that um, that kind of resonated even to this day as far as like simplifying – starting at least with simplifying form and stuff like that. But as I got older, Ian McKaig, he worked on the Star Wars films and a number of other things. John Carter too as well. He's a big one. Uh, Mike Mignola and oh, Hellboy. Yeah. Mike Mignola is great. Yes. Yeah. Those are the guys. Um, it's really – there are hundreds of them. I, I'm really a fan of just at this point of – Anybody who's really doing like interesting storytelling, you know, yeah. art. So, but I would say like if off the top of my head, Ian McKaig, 
Mignola. Um, J.C. Leindecker, as far as older illustrators. Mm-hmm. And uh, Norman Rockwell, even though it's funny because he does like this kind of like safe Americana art, but I really love what he does no, with, you know, characters. Yeah, dude. Every, I felt the same way the first time I saw Rockwell. Like it's very comic booky. It's very illustrative. And uh, the first time – it was the first time I was like, is that a photo or is that a painting? And then when I realized the, the, what, what the guy did, it blew my mind like at a very young age. Yeah, and just the ability to tell – take mundane situations and turn them into intriguing storytelling. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of his yeah. paintings are yep. just like a kid waiting yeah. at the dentist's office. Yeah. But in the pose and in the expression to kind of translate – like with all, all the emotion going in that kid's head, it's it's really interesting. That, you're absolutely right. There's a whole story in one image of his. Now, Fetty, you just mentioned before this, uh, what did you say, creative chemistry. We were talking about creative chemistry, how important that is with both of your jobs working together. And you know what's funny is I was talking to Rugboy earlier, mm-hmm. and we realized, we go back 20 years, the reason why – we work out, we just work off each other well. We've always just had this crazy chemistry from the beginning and understanding, and that's this creative chemistry. And when you find someone like that, whether it's in a band, whether you're producing a movie, whether you're doing a comic book, a like, podcast. or a podcast, like Anthony and myself, like that's gold. And uh, it Our helps chemistry both sucks, of you. though. Yeah, it's all right. We can, we can, <laughs> lame. We got to work on it. Yeah. I think it needs a little more uh, NACL2. NACL2? A little bit chemistry. Yeah. Chemistry awesome. humor, people. Only the Jock and Nerd podcast. Jock and Nerd! Okay, anyways, well, how important is that? to you guys and uh how what what's cool about bouncing out ideas uh off each other sure no i I think you you uh you're absolutely right man like it's it's um it's really difficult to find someone i it's uh let me let me try to like order my brain because there's so many thoughts coming in right now but when you when you establish a creative relationship with someone there are so many things at play like number one like yeah there's the language you have to like you know be on the same page Number two, there's you know the management of expectation on both sides. Number three, you both have to have at least the same vision and the same uh, type of passion, you know, because sometimes you might find somebody that's really creative, but but maybe you're not on the same level as far as passion goes and professionalism and dedication and like there's all these variables that that um, you know have to match. And so when you do find somebody that that matches all those variables. Like you said, you you stick with them, and and I've told uh, I'll, I've told I've told six. I'm like I'm not letting you go, man. This is you're in Slumberland. <laughs> yeah. You're trapped in Slumberland. This Slumberland is for life. It sounds bitch. like it sounds like you're finding a mate for marriage. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. That yeah. is the same I relationship. I, I, it's I, exactly I'm, the same relationship. It really is, man. Like I, we we joke about it, but it really is. And I think the product is like you know the it, the the you're trying to make something together. It so you really are. Uh, yeah, it is. It is sort of a weird You guys are trying to make a baby together. I mean, come on, let's just put it <laughs> let's put it out there. That's, that's what's going on. Sebastian, Sebastian's popping out real soon too. Yeah. The due date is coming. <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, the first thing is the first thing that I noticed was that I think on my end and he, you know, he he'll be able to tell his side of the story, but my end was I've I've always had a very clear idea for the most part for most of the characters. Some characters I still haven't fully um, you know, fully fleshed out, but for the most part, most of them were, were pretty, pretty clear. And, uh, part of that, you know, communicating that to him. And I think what really got me was when he started asking me questions about the characters and questions that I thought were very important. And I thought, Oh man, this guy is going deep. Like he is, he is going deep. And then I thought to myself, all right, well, he, he's really obviously really smart and he's paying attention to a lot of the details 
how the hell is he going to take this information and make something beautiful out of it? And he did. And then when he, when he basically the way we work together is he, he shows me these sketches and then he explains to me, uh, first he lets me absorb it. So, so I see, you know, the story in the character, in, in all the, you know, details. And then he explains his thought process behind it. And I'm like, Oh my God, yes, I, this is, yeah, this is exactly what, what I wanted. And so, Wow. Yeah, my end. I'm, yeah, it's been it's been really really beautiful. So Sixto, uh, what is that thought process? What what yeah, goes through your head that. when you you get a description of a character? Uh, where does it start? Um, I, I guess I, I'll, I'll kind of look at the description of the character, and um, I guess usually going through like going step by step. What I'll start to do is write down adjectives of how I can flesh out that would describe this character, and those adjectives start to bleed into questions or answers about where they come from, you know, what their, a little bit of history is. Um, so that's where the questions for Fetty will come along is if I start going those adjectives, I'm careful not to overly define them because ultimately, you know, this is Fetty's, it's his baby in terms of the story go his story. So right. that's when I'll ask him, okay, who is this character? You know, what situation, what was their upbringing, um, personality, you know, like, yeah. and I know some people don't like to overthink things, but, I find that for me, overthinking usually leads to the strongest design for me. Like the more information I Absolutely. feed into my yeah. brain, the more I'm able to kind of feed off that. It's almost like I, I look at it as that information is fuel for actually working on the concept. The more information I have, yeah. the more I can keep my enthusiasm up as I, I flesh out designs. And it also just gives you an opportunity to do more iterations because that's how I like working. I, some artists are really good at really nailing yeah. uh, design early yeah. and just one, but for me, it's I have to go through a lot of different iterations. So, so when you uh, oh man, I got two questions. First of all, Fetty, when <laughs> when Sixto comes back with questions, do you always have the answer to these questions, uh, <laughs> or does he sometimes does he stump you and you're like, ah, oh, crap, I didn't actually think about that one. No, I think for the most part, there there are questions that make sense in this world, and and so. Um, I, I think maybe what happens sometimes is he'll go, uh, he'll come back with some questions and I know what the answer is, but I don't know to what depth, uh, they become useful. And actually I think what happens to me sometimes is I might, I might go too, too much in depth, but having said that, um, one thing that, that, you know, your listeners and, and everybody that, that's sort of been following this fashion project will start noticing is that if we got, if we give you a hint, a certain, a certain visual hint about, uh, one of the characters, you'll start finding patterns and you start finding another um, level of language that will communicate more of the story through uh, the visuals that, that Anthony has chosen. So that's, that's, I'm really excited. Like he's hidden a lot of symbols. Wow. And- really? Wow. Yeah. It's great how the concept and your ideas and the art are that tightly intertwined. That's really cool. Ooh, I, I'm looking- what I really appreciate well, I was going to say what I really appreciate about uh, at, when I ask Fetty questions and even propose, like, I think what works so great about the chemistry of him, me and him is sometimes you get somebody will hire you to do a job and they're very strict, like, just do this thing. And you're like, hey, how about this? You know what I mean? The best yeah, de- yeah. creative development is yeah. when you're open to discovery. And, yes. like, I don't use this in a spiritual sense, but, like, when the universe will give you a good idea, I don't think it belongs to anybody so he's been really good at where I'll pitch something. I'm like, you know, this is a little uh, left field, or but with still within the realm of the character. And Fetty will be really open to like these, you know, different approaches. And but also at the same time, he's really good at 
knowing when to be like, no, 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 this is what we have to it's do. Let's stay this. focused. So, wow. yeah, so I mean, there's a good yeah. bounce back. And forth there. Go ahead. No, but you, know, you know, a lot of what happens sometimes, guys, like, which is really exciting, too, is like, you know, we have we have these these um, we have this these intricate uh, layers of society in, in this story. And, and, you know, I'll come to Sixto and say, hey, man, uh, let's explore this layer of society and let's explore this particular group of people and their culture and let's try to develop, uh, you know, this particular character. Man. And just in doing that, when he comes back to me with all his iterations and all his sketches, I'm like, first of all, it makes it really difficult for me to choose one character. <laughs> and second of all, he's, he's like developed this entire visual language where, where we're like, uh, you've just created an entire culture. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, like, you <laughs> listener. These gentlemen are literally creating a an amazing a fantasy world, a, world, world, a yeah. universe. It's more than a world. It's it's a whole. It's like you're creating a whole life and culture and mythologies. And it's amazing. And uh, Sixto, man, the final concept art that I'm looking at here, they're so good. Uh, so I I was wondering, like, how much of it? How much visual direction are you giving uh, Sixto, Fetty? Or is this all coming right out of your head from your, in, your stuff you like? No, this is this is a really, really great question. So basically, when I when I found uh, Sixto and when I talked to him, I, I knew I was like, okay, I've just been handed the keys to a Ferrari. I'm gonna let it <laughs> nice. nice. I'm just going to let it do what he does. You are all geek I think, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. no, no, seriously, it's, it's, it, it does take a weight off my back because we don't have to be – I don't have to be micromanaging anybody. He knows what he's doing. He's a professional. So I'm just really – you know, giving him the fuel and he just, he goes for the ride. So it's really good. I don't, I feel like he did, he does give me a, a, a lot of, like you said, he gives me the keys, but I think it helped that early on we're on the same page just aesthetically as what we appreciate and what yeah. we, you know, think is, is catching design. Yeah. So it just so happens that he's able to give me the direction, but within the direction he's given me, there's a lot of freedom within that. So I would, I would give the credit to the direction to him, but how to like basically swerve around the different lanes within that direction yeah. is that's where I think I'm able to kind of carve out what I do. So, and, and this is like one of the other cool things too, is like, you know, we're talking about these cultures and we're talking about these, these strata of, of societies in, in, in this world in, in the slumberland odyssey. And, and so basically like just to give you an example and to like put an image on your, yeah, under, let's talk about some of these characters. Yeah. Sure. On. So, so you know, we have the main antagonist who's uh, Lizo, right? And Lizo is not is not your your average antagonist. He's not out there to conquer the world. He doesn't. He's not out there to cause damage. He basically, where he comes from is he's seen the collapse of the world as we know it, right? Yeah. And so he is coming in to help. He is coming in to reconstruct society with this notion that we can no longer we cannot be individuals because we have these dreams and passions that are in conflict with each other so he has figured out his point of view is that he needs to unify everybody under one single dream under one single controlled passion which is human prosperity right and so he eradicates individuality and he does so by uh you know creating this this uh, the provenance which is the ai but he fuses himself with the AI so that he can keep track of the AI as well. So there's a very fine balance there. All right. 
Wow, this is great. Wait, let me this. Uh, so Lizo, I'll put this link in the show notes. You guys gotta check out these character drawings. First of all, he looks like a bad motherfucker. Like you don't want to mess <laughs> with this guy. Uh, and you see cables coming out of his back. That's his connection to the AI. Uh, Sixto, great design. I get a great like Thanos or uh, Dark Side uh, kind of uh, big imposing. Yeah, yeah, big imposing mean motherfucker. Well, he's, he's got, uh, it, from he's him. got it, like his chest out in this picture too. And yeah, dude. He's got, I mean, what is that weapon? Does he have a weapon thing. in his in his hand? Well, that's that's actually so. So he's sort of think about him as a as a human 2.0, right? So he's evolved, and the way that his body operates now is it operates on the biological level and it operates on the digital level. Okay. So when you see these lights come out of him, those are digital projections of information. So he can use that to, you know, uh, sort of like as a key to access the AI, or he could use it as a weapon. So it's just data. It's just data that's flowing through him. Basically. Ooh, cool. Dude, this is, oh, hold on. This is so interesting because, all right, we just met this character. Now, Sixto, how'd you get to this design of this guy that he looked the way he looks? Um, so with this character, I, it was a little bit, I would say this was probably one of the ones that had um, a more difficult development because you have a lot of uh, moving parts and armor and, while still maintaining like the you know the human element of them, yeah. so through with him it was a lot of iteration, and um, but it, we kind of understood that we were dealing with, you know, like you said, uh, kind of this uh, intimidating, you know, antagonist. But uh, it, let me regroup here. It's hard. It's hard to think about this character because he is kind of complicated wow. without getting too much into the backstory. Mm-hmm. I guess let me just scrap it if I was like working on it. So yeah, yep, yep. Basically, what I did, I I go out there and I look for the characters that I feel are what I would call the traps for developing this design. Meaning, right off the top of your head, like you said, you think of a lot of other characters, yep. mm-hmm. uh, Thanos, Darth Vader. So what I actually do, and I actually pull those characters up, and I take notes of how not to make that this character them, if that makes sense. That's that's an important (laughs) first step, uh, listener. If you are a concept designer, you better start taking notes right now. That's an important step. I'll I'll say this right away that Sixto, you've succeeded. Although Imran saw parallels to other characters, I think he looks completely original. I don't okay. see how he looks anything like those other characters. Those, and, but the, with the description and right. the, the yeah, image, yeah. kind of gave me that feel. Yeah, but yeah. you know, all right, yeah. That- no, I don't. I don't mind like the mood of the character. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's fine. But yeah. I, as long as like the like the fundamental, like the hardcore, like the image, that, the details that you're looking at are, are kind of stray away. Because I guess that's where the angle I come at in general is. I'm trying to. It's not easy, and most of the time, it's not. You don't always pull it off 100%, but just trying to carve out something that feels fresh and, and different. Yeah, and you, 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 kinda... you, you did that. Let's, let's just put this out of the record. It is an original well, character. Uh, let, I mean, I'll just, let me describe <laughs> yeah, for the listener because yeah. this is an audio platform, so yeah. a lot of people may not be able to see this. Let's, let's see your description um, skills. Go. Work it, Josh. <laughs> see how, how good this, you can do. This far away, is he, look, is he African-American? He looks, dark, he looks darker skinned for sure. Um, he's got like – it looks like white pupils, white eyes. And he's got a very like gray armor sort of a regal look, gray armor, and then there's a lot of yellow flowing through him. And I'm assuming that's the data coming through him. Um, and then there's the wires in the back uh, on his back that connects him to the the Dreamverse. I would say I would is from what I'm yeah, gathering. Yeah, yeah, and he's got yeah. yeah, he's got a cool like sword, yellow glowing thing. It's awesome. So let me, I'll, I'll uh, if I if I may, yeah. I want to jump in and like yeah. Sort of, deconstruct Sixto for you guys in a, in, in a quick minute. So you, you look yeah. at the design, right? And yeah. you saw all this stuff and you mentioned some very important words. You know, he looks regal 
and you, you definitely get a sense that this is some sort of leader or father figure or somebody important, right? But if you look closely into that design, right, you see the cables, which are the, you know, the, the easier part of to, to get, and you understand the connection. But what, what Anthony does is look at the way the clothing is. First of all, look at the color, right? It's white. Mm-hmm. You, you never see a, a, an antagonist wearing a pure white cloth, right? No. Number one. Number two, the way the cloth folds has a very distinct pattern. Right? That's going to tell us something about the character. The way the, uh, the data, the yellow, flows on that clothing is also going to tell us a lot about the character. And then finally, all the uh, implants and things on his head, on the back of his head, yeah. also tell another part of the story. Now, all, not all the answers are there. What's going to happen is you're going to start seeing more characters and you're going to start identifying oh. symbols and colors cool. and you're going to make the connections. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Let's. Uh, yeah, that's what kind of makes it tricky about um, kind of getting into the design process because not knowing how much story uh, Fetty wants to get out. To get out, I kind of tripped up and mm-hmm. trying to. Yeah, it's it's because there's a lot to to discuss, but once you start to discuss it, you're pulling out story Man, details. So. That's tricky, uh, Fetty. Let's meet another character. This is awesome. I want to do it again. Let's meet another character, and then I'm going <laughs> to ask Sixto how he came up with that character. Sounds good. Yeah, you guys choose. Choose. Well, uh, Anthony, you pick one. I like this. Uh, is it Timor? Yeah. Oh, Timor. Yeah. yeah. So what, tell me about Timor. So right away, let's just say he looks like a grotesque. It's a uh, alien. Uh, he looks like um, fat, like uh, what, what from the Warriors Three? Who's that? The fatter guy? Uh, I don't know. Who? From the Thor, the Warriors Three. Oh, uh, Hogan? No, not Hogan. I don't remember. Whatever. One of the bigger guy that eats a lot. He looks like yeah. him. Mess. He looks like he doesn't really take care of himself. He looks but like he him mixed like, with really, a, He's still like, really strong. Him, him mixed with like an ogre or an orc. Or yeah. Something like that. Okay. So let's meet Timor, everyone. All right. So Captain Timor Alchemist. So what happens? Uh, I'll give everybody a little bit of the backstory of Slumberland. So what happens in Slumberland is you you you, you travel there if you're lucky enough to have that power to still be able to dream, and you go to Slumberland, and you gather dream energy and you can you can take that dream energy and exchange it uh you go to, to the dream weavers and they they make um talent for you and then you can bring that with you to the real world so timmer so what happens is the more you stay on that world the more fish-like you become Whoa. you start transforming from a human into something else oh, okay wow so the world starts absorbing you and so timmer is a fully fledged some sort of fish creature Aquatic. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I see that now. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the symbolism for that is that if we're talking about underwater stuff, we're talking about the human subconscious, right? So the deeper you go, the more animal-like you become. And so we don't know at this point if Timur, there's theories that he might have been a human that stayed there for too long, oh. or maybe he was actually born in Slumberland. We don't know if he's an original creature from Slumberland yet, um, but. I can tell you this. He is a brute. He's really smart. He's complex. And he's just got one thing on his mind, which is I'm just doing this for my own benefit. That's his motivation. Is he, uh, is he amphibious? Does he live under, under, uh, underwater and uh, above water? Yeah, he can, he can. Exactly. He can be above and underwater. And, and he's right now just um, he stays in slumberland. 
Sixtail man, I love this painting yeah, of this guy because awesome. he's got like scaly tendrils, like a like a lot of weird sea creatures that nobody ever sees because it's really see dark the, you down there. You can still there. see the the human kind of in him, but as well as yeah, he's the, got you know he's fish. got shoulders and arms and a bicep, but then he's got little scales and fins. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how you uh, came about to this guy. Uh, th- I think this was my favorite one to work on, nice. just because it. He's just a character that. Like they're the most fun to work on because they got a uh, you know such a complicated and rich and kind of beat up history, and kind of working on like beat up characters is always uh, the most fun because there's a lot to latch onto as far as visually and posture and demeanor, and um and also just like like growing up these are people like it, you know I grew up in Chicago, and right you run into nice. these people every once in a while. That's where kind of like are. these characters. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. We'll have to. So like you yeah. run into these characters who are like these these guys who. Who are genuinely good people, but may have had <laughs> not the nicest past. You know what uh, I yeah, mean? Yeah, I know all the. So, I talk to all those people on the street just because they fascinate me. I probably shouldn't <laughs> be talking to them because it does, gets me into trouble sometimes. But uh, that's a different yeah. Story. So it's kind of like doing like survivors. You know, yeah. like the, he's one of those characters I look at that. So that's kind of what I did. I pull a lot of inspiration from. Um, actually, bare knuckle boxers. Oh uh, yeah, he's that, got kind of a tank top yeah. on, which I love. It's like a modified tank toppy yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So just that is kind of like just tough, like old school kind of like blue collar, like tough guys I kind of pulled from. And then as far as just like the alien stuff, I, I always like messing with uh, like aquatic inspiration because there's just so much there. There's tentacles, yeah. there's all types of weird appendages and the barnacles like chips on his beard and stuff. So it's just a lot of fun things to play with. And yeah, this was my, my favorite That's one. Fun. He looks, he looks That's awesome. Like, yeah. That's one of the things, like, just what, what uh, Sixto mentioned right now was, you know, you see the barnacles making up his beard and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that tells you something, right? Yeah. That tells you that dude's been there for a long time. Yep. So there's little hints that he's dropping in there that, you know, the more you look at it, you're like, hey, wait, why, why is he carrying this pouch? Or why, you know what I mean? No, no detail is there just for pure aesthetics. Everything has a story behind it. Um, and now what's, what's really cool, and, and one of the things that, I'm just I'm just dying to get in there. Can you guys picture Ron Perlman in there? Oh, fu- I mean, oh, I was gonna say, I you know, I get I get shades. Of, I was oh, that's where I was. I was like, this guy is like this gruff guy, gruff voice, doesn't give a fuck, but he's got your back. He's really tender hearted, and uh, he has a huge heart. And he reminded me also, who's the lantern, the big lantern? Oh, uh, I can't, Kil- Kilowog. Kilowog. Yeah. I've got a little bit of Kilowog, a little bit of Hellboy. Ron Perlman in this Very gig. Cool. You guys, that, that nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, that, but uh, I love this guy already, dude. This guy, like, you want to meet him, and, like, he's just like a, he's mean, but he's like a big teddy bear. Yeah, and, and. The, the the size difference, uh, Sebastian will be able to ride on his shoulder. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and so, it, like, again, like, you know, think about Ron Perlman and then think about some of the things that we want to do with this character is we actually want to make him a practical character. Mm-hmm. So we want, we, you know, I want to make a, an actual suit for him and I want to have some um, LEDs and some other technology that will have some bioluminescence in his skin. Oh, so, wow. Dope. This is going to be practical effects. Uh, nice practical makeup effects. work. Oh, it's going to look amazing. Wow. I love the bioluminetrics. That's, that's getting really popular and I think it's getting easier to do that with technology, the stuff is flatter and thinner. And uh, Yeah, exactly. And then not only that, it's really cool what we can do now is like we can run uh, wires of cold water through the entire suit. Whoa. So the actor is, is, is always really comfortable. Cool. Oh, no down. shit. Because that's yeah. always a problem with the, when they're wearing their suits like that. They lose a ton of weight because they're so hot, right? 
Exactly. Exactly. Very uncomfortable. Now we have, you know, uh, it's a lot more flexible. Um, You know, we can run the wires to cool them down. It's it's a different. It's a totally different ballgame. Wow. That sounds amazing. Uh, Fetty, I hear you got some new characters. Now you got me all psyched with these guys. I want to hear about some new characters. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> do, we have, <laughs> do we have a soundbite for a Joke and Nerd exclusive? Uh, we'll do... Uh, how, how about Rugboy Approved? Uh, here we go. Here's your soundbite right here. Rugboy Approved. <laughs> 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 so here's, random. Here's a, here's a Joke and Nerd, Jock and Nerd. exclusive Geek moment with the new characters from Sebastian the Slumberland Odyssey. How about that? <laughs> that worked pretty good. That I like that one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we have two two brand new characters um, that um, Sixto will be introducing. I'm just going to give you guys like the you know the, the you know the intro, and then I'll let him take it over. Yes, nice. I really, I really want to hear more of what he's thinking about for these characters too. Yeah, let's and work all the shit out on the show right here. Let's just finish the movie or yeah. the whole project. I'm here <laughs> yeah, for we, the long haul. We got haul. it. We got it. We're going to mediate this. Everything's going to be fine. Everyone relax. You've got okay. two super talented dudes on this side that can fix wait, all the problems. Wait, which side? I don't know yet. I don't know what side you're talking about. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, so, all right. So one of the things about Sebastian, what, one of the things that's really important is that, um, you know, because this is a personal story and because this is sort of my view of the world and nothing else but just my view, um, none of the, all of the characters are sort of racially mixed and they are, you know, there's all types of races yeah. in there. So yeah. that's something that I'm very keen on. I'm, I'm really... I love thinking about the evolution of, of race in the future and all these things. And then another thing that is really important in the Sebastian Odyssey is that there's no such thing as a uh, warrior hero me uh, being just a male character. Uh, warrior heroes could be female, they could be male, whatever. Healers, healers can be male, could be female. So what we're doing with the Sebastian Odyssey is we're really taking on all the archetypes and assigning them to all the, you know, to, to the people there in that world, regardless of their sex. So, so mm. that's, I think, a very step, a very important step forward. Very so progressive. Two new, yeah, two of the new characters. Well, we already have um, Pishka, who's a very incredible, incredibly smart uh, female character. And now one of the new characters, her name is Iviathan, and she is the daughter of Tython. And uh, I will let Anthony take it from here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's still we're still in development for them, but um, I think for this next round of characters that we're doing, uh, as opposed to the first round, what, what's really exciting about it is there's a sense of family within this the entire group of concepts that I'm doing right now. So as the first one, all these characters were connected, but they had different relationships in terms of antagonist, protagonist. Okay. But th- like I'm developing now a set of characters that are really tightly knit. So that kind of starts to change your design, where things are a little have to be a little bit more in line with each other. So it's another family so, set, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And they all much more play directly off each other. Oh. And what's exciting about this set of characters that we have is that it speaks to the richest of the world that Fetty created. Is that as I'm developing, I'm, I'm realizing that. If you wanted to, these characters could be their own story. You know what I mean? Wow. Like they could break off and be their yeah, own story that's in the future great. if they want. To. Yeah, that's how yeah, you know it's I'm strong and it works. Yeah, yeah, and it's really exciting because, like, as I'm developing them, I'm going over the story that I have, and then I'm also telling stories to myself as I'm drawing <laughs> or painting. Nice. 
So, and these characters have been running wild in my mind. So I'm really appreciating. I got, I got to say like, that's one of the most enjoyable things about the creative process too, is that, uh, you know, I've sort of defined these characters in my head. I know what they're going to do. I know what they're going to say, but to be able to give that information to another person and then that person understand these characters to the core, to the point where he can make up his own stories and when he comes back to me and says, hey, you know, uh, Eviathan would never really do that. I think Typhon would protect her. And I'm like, he's absolutely right. Wow. Mm. That, that, yeah, cool. all that means, Fetty, is you built a solid sandbox to play it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's very good. It's, and it's, with Eviathan. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Please. I was going to say with Eviathan. Uh, Evi- sorry, I still have a hard time. Eviathan? Eviathan. With her character, what's really exciting about her, and this is kind of consistent with all the characters, which, again, is why I'm really excited about the universe, is that transformation is a big part of these characters. So a lot of the concepts you're seeing, it could very well be by by the end of the narrative arcs that the characters look completely different. Wow, I love that. Wow. Yeah, and with her, where she's at right now, what's exciting about it is she's a very adaptable character and that she can – she can pretty much exist, I think, in any space. If she, she needed to be thrusted into a hero position, aesthetically, she's prepared for that. If she needs to be thrusted into a more passive, you know, peaceful position, she's ready for that. So, yeah, it's really fun working on this character. So who is you? Can we just – do you have the essence of the character? Who is Eviathan? Yeah, sure. So I'll tell you a little bit about the Than family. So the Than family is sort of uh, – think of them as – not not quite royalty, but more of a soldier, uh, future soldier kind of uh, bloodline. Oh, okay. And so Tython, who is the father, who is the patriarch of that line, he used to be um, Lizo's right hand. And he is incredibly loyal, incredibly um, strong, smart, complex. And he, he, believed, he believed in Lizo until... Something happened. There was an accident. Something happened. He ate a sandwich. <laughs> he, uh, he left it. He marked he, it clearly in the fridge. He was like, this, this, this is, is my sandwich. This is my <laughs> buffalo <laughs> mozzarella sandwich, uh, dude, and you fucking ate it. it sounds yes. yummy. I'd be fucking pissed, too. It's a good sandwich. <laughs> you dick. Well, you don't want to piss off Typhon. No. no. So, um, what happened was that um, in his epiphany, Typhon, uh, you know, he... he he, he doesn't see the purpose of what he's doing anymore and actually betrays Lizo. Oh. And in his betrayal causes uh, the almost death of his, of his own daughter, Evia. And Lizo, being the complex character that he is, seeing this betrayal and facing this betrayal, still decides to save the life of his friend. Oh, wow. And all those scars and all those wounds, and later on, Tython escapes because he can't bear the shame, you know. And, and so he escapes and he takes Eviathan with him. And, and um, he, he bears all that history in his design. And there's so much more to him. And like um, Anthony Sixto mentioned, he, these two characters are right now on the verge of uh, concept and creation where they could either tilt to be one way or another. So that's so really great. Fun. This thing is like writing itself for you guys almost. <laughs> this thing is alive, dude. It's totally alive. It is. Oh, it really? is. I think it's, it's very difficult not to get lost in because I was when I was writing the, the, the line for the, uh, the fan family, the Tython and Eviathan, I was like, well, what happened to the mother? And then I started you know, dreaming about that. And then, um, you know, the way Evia is now, 
God, I love that character. So just so that your listeners know what kind of character yes. she is. The, she's a girl, obviously. She's the daughter of Tython, and she does have that royal blood in her, but she is so carefree and loving and funny and compassionate and just lights up the room wherever she goes. Um, and still there is that deep, dark anger inside of her that could trigger her to go the completely different way. Ooh. Yeah. She's more than meets the eye then. She is definitely more than meets the eye, but she's also, like I said, she is the light. She is everything. She is the person that can come into a room and turn the room in, like inside out, have everybody laughing, or she could come in and just obliterate and destroy everyone. Wow. wow. So this is a human, yeah. a human girl, right? Six, yeah. Sixto, yes. you got some? Sixto, I yeah. mean, uh, let, I'm curious to know, can I tell you what's, what just ran through my head uh, hearing that? Uh-oh. No, just yeah, this is what I, this is what I kind of heard. I saw like a sprite. Kind of like a sprite, kind of really bubbly, smiley character. But then combine that with the design <laughs> of uh, D- Death from Sandman, uh, who she's like a cute gothic chick, yeah. really friendly, really bubbly. However, when you see her, uh, it's not good news. <laughs> 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 you know. So I don't yeah, know. I, that, I that's where my head went. That I think why this character has the opportunity to really resonate is because – and I mean this is getting higher. This is like a just – you know, what, what my goes on in my head is that right now you kind of have that with like this younger generation now is we're on the verge of all this insane technology yeah. and, and all this power and opportunity and resources that, you know, based on this young generation that we're dealing with now, it's kind of the same deal. It can go either way. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Will the technology get out of hand or will we wrangle it? And this character kind of represents that energy of just this insane, like, a sun of uh, potential energy and which way is it going to go? And that's what makes her so intriguing. You see, you see why he's trapped in yeah. Silverland forever. Yeah. I'm, I'm never letting this guy go. No, you can't. <laughs> I, I, I think Sixto's tied to his desk right now. He's like chained literally. And <laughs> Fetty, Fetty has the keys in his pocket. I'm uh, actually, I'm actually sitting in front of the concept right now. Three different iterations. Oh, get out. All right. Awesome, where, man. what are you thinking? What, what, what are we thinking? What can you reveal? What does she look like? I need a visual. Um, I'm not going to give anything. Fetty, Fetty wants to give away some things. He could do it, but I'm going to oh. stay tight with that. We'll wait and we'll, we'll send you guys the first images. Oh, that'd be All sweet. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, what kind of inspiration, Sixto, are you, are you looking at for this? <laughs> you're, you're is looking that Ebron's digging. I'm trying to be sneaky. Sorry. Talking nerd. I'm being sneaky. So, look, I can give. Tell you what. I'll tell go you. Go for it. This is, this is just, just, to get you know people out there really excited. So by now you know you, you guys have sort of heard the dance and, and this beautiful uh, connection that we have and this creative you know like I said like Sixto will not only take the world that I've created and sort of you know understand it and, and, and enrich in it, but he also understands our world, our real world, yeah. and he has the ability to take those uh, symbols and metaphors and bring them into the story. Now picture this, guys. We're, we're launching the Kickstarter, right? Mm-hmm. One of the rewards that we're offering is at a, at a certain level, reward level, people will be able to join the creative team, talk directly with Anthony, Ooh. and Anthony will help them bring to life their character. How freaking cool wow, is that? Wow, that's awesome. That that, really that, cool that, yeah, that's great, man. That's now, exciting. Wait, it gets better. Are you ready? So, so, so let's just say, Imran, that, you, that you're talking to Sixto and you had this idea for this character and you guys are developing it together, right? And it's done. It fleshed out. Well, yeah. guess what? We'll take that character to Peter, 
our sculptor, and he'll make a 3D sculpture out of it, right and you'll on. get to take that home. How oh, cool is that? right on. That is really cool. Oh, that's really neat. So this would just be – is this a character you would add to the mythology, or it just would be for the backer? It will it, it will live in the in the universe of Sebastian for sure. Oh. It could make an appearance in the series. It could make an appearance in the uh, graphic novel. Wow. But most importantly, it will be a character that that came out of your imagination. Wow, that's and I think so. Legit, legitimately ahead. too, because like without getting too much into the story, like uh, this universe allows for basically any any added character in that way would fit in perfectly because it just. There's such a uh, a platform for such a variety and diversity of characters that it's re- it's like I said it's really fun. It's a universe that just keeps feeding you characters, so it's going to be exciting to see what comes out of that. Man, uh, I'm I'm so psyched for this. The guys, listener, listen, definitely check out this Kickstarter page. This is uh, an amazingly imaginative, creative world these guys are building. Uh, Fetty, let's do this. You want to uh, talk about the Kickstarter rewards? I got a couple of messages to play. We'll take a little pause. And then if you want to take us through the Kickstarter rewards, really entice the people. Because I'm going to back this live on a show either before this one or after. So I want some advice as to what level I should get into. All right. Hi, you motherfucker. Well, come on. I'm not mad. What the hell's sh- wrong with you? The show is free, people. <laughs> I'm not paying anyone to listen to this thing. <laughs> hey guys, I need everybody to start listening to the show so that Imran can be an executive producer on this project, please. There you go. There you go. Uh, then I'll get. Although, yeah, I don't know how that gets me money, but just listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> listen, I got a. We got a couple of promos, uh, and we'll be right back and talk about the Kickstarter rewards. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join We Be Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to We Be Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at webegeeks.net. We Be Geeks, your voice for the geek revolution. Want to know more? Do you like superheroes? Do you like comics? Do you like film? Do you like comics and films about superheroes? Well, then you're in luck because we here at A Place to Hang Your Cape have everything for you. We've got reviews. We've got interviews. We've got list articles. We've even got a few videos coming up. Anything you could possibly want that's relating to superheroes, we have A Place to Hang Your Cape, where superheroes go to hang their cape. The name is self-explanatory, really. I don't know why I have to explain it, but there you go. Find it at ap2hyc.com. The H stands for H. <laughs> <laughs> the H. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. So we're back, listener. And uh, before we get into the rewards for the Kickstarter, um, Fetty, can you just describe for the listener what they are potentially funding uh, with this Kickstarter? Yes. If so they decide to support? It, when uh, when they decide to support? Sure. It's uh, it's very simple. So you guys, uh, we, have a, we have an entire universe, and what we're looking for in this Kickstarter is just to get funding for a live-action uh, pilot and a graphic novel. Nice. Well, a companion graphic novel that adds more it's, to the story. That's awesome. I that's love gonna be that. That's going to be fucking dope. I know. It's like a whole <laughs> awesome universe. <laughs> 
So yeah, if you want to now go into, there's a lot of awesome rewards that uh, you have if you back this. So Fetty, do you want to get into that a little bit? Absolutely, I would love to. And, and you, listen, here's the thing: the, the, the main reason we are doing this on Kickstarter is because we are in a very sort of lucky position to be creating this project, right? And we know a lot of people are responding positively to it, and it's great. But the one thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to create something that you will, uh, you know, sort of t- look at on your screen, consume it, and then boom, whatever. What's next? Right. That's not what we're about, right? What we're creating is a community of people that are interested in, you know, entertainment, that are interested in knowing more about this world, the questioning this world, and just have fun in this world. And what we're doing, which I've never seen any Kickstarter done before, is we're actually including the backers in the project. So uh, let me talk a little bit about the rewards and how we're doing that. So we begin, the first thing that you'll notice when you go to the Kickstarter on, on Tuesday morning is you will see that all the rewards have a certain level, mm-hmm. and, but they're also there's also a little bit of copy with it, yeah. which means that um, as you progress in the pledge, you are also evolving as a character within the story. Oh, so you begin... Yeah, you begin the journey as a Sibonite, and basically a Sibonite is just it's just a person, it's just a random, you know, person that doesn't dream and whatever. <laughs> you're part of the utopia. You're a Sibonite, you know. <laughs> hey, but that's uh, what five bucks gets you in, people. Come on, you can't beat that. That's a cup of coffee, you know, a cup yeah. of coffee. You know, thank you. But here's the cool part. <laughs> here's the cool part. So you get that cup of coffee out of you know you don't drink that cup of coffee that day. You put that five bucks in there. And if you add a social boost, which is basically you just talk to your friends about it, and we have the spe- you'll, you'll have the specifics in the page, but basically you just talk about the project, share the project, you at no cost to you will increase and you will evolve and you go from a dirty Sibonite to an assimilator. Dude, this is like playing an RPG game yeah, on uh, Kickstarter. This is genius. You can level up. You level up. I love That's that. exactly right. Oh you level God. up. Yeah, you level up. So then, uh, you know, then you become an assimilator. So you're a little bit more respected in the society. You, you're, you're in charge of assimilating people into this uh, utopia. But again, if you're not happy with that, and you'll get a lot of rewards. You'll get, um, you know, you'll get a, a, a Q&A with myself. So I'll be able to answer your questions oh, cool. about the project. Um, you'll get a PDF copy of the original script. That's with- awesome. Yeah, with uh, Berta Navarro's notes on it, written right on the script, wow. which I think is, is very cool. Yeah, you'll get original music. By the way, all the content that you'll see on the on the page is original. Everything we've created from scratch, the music, the imagery, everything. So, you know, you'll be able to get that. So then, uh, you know, you just continue to grow. You continue to evolve uh, as you continue to pledge. You know, you get more rewards and so forth. And then, um, you know, at a certain level then you you go past a certain pledge level. And what we're doing is obviously creating all this content, but we want to also be able to give you more um, the physical, you know, the tangible part of the reward. Yeah. So once you get to become a, a potential spark, yes. you know, your betrayal of the provenance is undeniable. Oh, I betrayed the provenance. Whoa. You have betrayed the provenance because now you've expressed a desire to have something physical. Oh, not yeah. So the acquisition of physical data is prohibited, but the Robax have arranged the secret package for you. 
And that package contains uh, all previous rewards from all the... By the way, every time you upgrade, it, all previous rewards uh, apply. So you get everything underneath that. Um, you get the Blu-ray disc with extra com- with director's commentary, extra content behind the scenes, um, you know, all the secret juice that people love. And, and this cool part, you get unprecedented access to the private production blog. So you get to see when people are going to be on call, where the locations are at. You you basically get a glimpse of the entire production pipeline. This is nice. you put a lot of amazing thought, listener. I get to the listener just scrolling down to this. The uh, there's a you get a lot at every level, and the way it just compounds on itself is so much fun. And the way you've tied this into the world. Uh, I get exactly what you're going for, man. This this is unbelievable planning. I love, and then but it appeals to like if you're a filmmaker or a fan of sci-fi, you got something for everyone. Because uh, imagine a, a a budding filmmaker who gets a little peek into what it does take, and you're learning from someone who's got lots of experience, and uh, it just helps you that much more. It's fantastic. And and I, and I think you hit it right on the head. Like we we want to figure out a way to give back as much as we've gotten. I mean, we get emails and calls and, and we're already starting to get a lot of fan comments of people that, you know, they feel inspired. Like we have this kid from, um, I think he was from Iowa and I don't want to say his name, but he, he, he emailed me and he said, you know, man, like this story is really cool. I work, uh, you know, I don't work in a creative field, but I have my iPhone and people have stopped telling me to say that I'm a filmmaker because I have an iPhone and I just filmed that. And I said, you know what? Go for those people. Yeah. You are a filmmaker. You keep filming. You keep what you know doing what you're doing. And for us to be able to to be in a position where we can help that way, like that's that's the biggest reward for us, right? So I'm like, well, how the hell can I give back? So I create this game. I create this game where, where you know you're evolving and you're getting you know physical rewards and all this stuff. Now I understand too that you know a lot of people might not be able to have the financial power to to back at the level that they want. There's certain, um, you know, there's certain rewards that, for example, if you go to, um, you know, the potential spark, you know, you, you've left the provenance now and you've become an exile, but the Robacks have received you in the forest and they've prepared a bountiful treasure for you. What that means is that if you add a social ambassador boost, ah. you can increase your reward at no extra cost to you all the way to the $99 uh, wow! Oh, so you get bumped to the night just by sharing it? Yeah, just exactly. by following those steps on social media. Yeah, like, there's uh, awesome, there's just uh, five simple steps. Of what to do? And that's then, that's pretty genius too. Just so because great. you're you're rewarding people for going on social media and helping promote your project. Man, this is uh, look. And we talked about this in the other show. Everyone right now should be taking notes who wants to create content. This is the new model of making stuff and making quality entertainment. Uh, we've seen the shift away. From uh, you know mainstream stuff, you are involving the fans and the people, and even uh, down to the Kickstarter for the thing. It starts there. It starts before that. Like this is the new model, and you guys are you're paving the way. Really, this is a it's a great example of how to do things. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We're we're, we're very excited, and we've listened. You know, we we've listened. Uh, we we've, we've shared the, this uh, project with a few select people that we respect. You guys are are one of those. I don't and know why you shared it with us. We're, we're, we're not respectable gentlemen at all. 
We're, we're disrespectable, gentlemen, uh, to be honest. I've, but you know what? You know how much I appreciate your, like, as seen on section and our little, like, how much it makes me smile to see our little logo with all those <laughs> other logos who are probably, like, way more established, respectable thingamabobbers of whatever they do. Uh, and then there we are, little jacket nerd. Oh, a little cute jacket nerd. I love that. Thank, I can't thank you enough, man. Well, can, can I say something? And yeah, this, go ahead. This is, this is going to piss off every other uh, outlet that's out there, but who cares? Uh, you're the only outlet who we've come back to. So, Oh, wow. I love this guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's You he's guys are the best. No, I mean, oh, I, can't, I mean, appreciate it. Uh, Imran, stop crying. I can't. I don't even know, you, I don't even know what to say. Sixto, what are you doing? You're doodling over there? We haven't heard from you in a while. What's your thoughts on Have you helped? Uh, no. <laughs> on the Kickstarter, that's that's all Fetty's side of things. I'm the I'm just the workman. I, I put in the, the you, art. <laughs> but your art looks great on the page too. So, uh, and all the other illustrators are on there as well because this is an amazing team effort. Uh, so let's just talk about. Let's just get to like what's the highest reward? Let's just the sky's the limit. Uh, I got money is no object. I want to back this thing at the highest thing. What am I getting? Okay, so. All right, so so like you mentioned before, what this is this is a I, I like for people to think about this as if they're interested in film, if they're interested in fantasy, if they're interested in just creativity, art. This is like the fast track school of that because at a certain level, like I mentioned before, you get access to our creative team. You get one-on-one access to my brain. And I can give you, for example, I can give you consultation on your script. I can help you with your story. Um, you know, our entire creative team is at, at your disposal to illustrate your creations. So, I mean, this is this is unprecedented stuff, man. Like, we yeah. really want people to, you know, we want to be, we want to light the spark in other people. So, uh, if you have, you know, the, the means to do this, um, let's go to, like, the Spirit Whisperer reward. This is like one of my favorite rewards because you've basically you've, – you've gone from a dirty Sibonite <laughs> to a rebellious Roback in the forest. Um, but now you've sort of evolved past all that and you've become the spirit whisperer. And you, know, you are the creator. You have mastered the art of mirth. And you no longer need an alchemist or a dream weaver. So you will receive every single reward mentioned to this level. Wow. Plus, you get to spend – a full day on set and talk to the cast and crew. So, you know, if, if we do end up getting the, you know, the stars that we are aiming for, or at least, you know, some really good talent, like you'll be able to hang out with them. That's you know, awesome. Yeah. And you, you'll be on set seeing how the entire process of filmmaking takes place. Um, if we go to, you know, one the highest reward, the Luminato reward, is you basically have achieved <laughs> illumination. You you no longer believe to the you belong to the dreamscape or the real world. You exist in a hyper dimension and you're able to see the holographic nature of reality. Whoa! So what do you get for that? <laughs> you're God. Uh, yeah, basically. That's you, awesome. You get everything. Yeah. And then you get uh, you know open, absolutely open access on set with everybody. So you get to be you, you know you get to be on set every single day from. Or you can go to the post-production offices and see how the special effects are made. I mean, basically, you're just roaming around. Every, it's your playground, and you're just roaming around. The- <laughs> nice. <That's great. laughs> oh man, Imran, dig up 10k. I gotta sell a lot of Girl Scout cookies. Imran, dig quick. up 10k and put my name uh, on it. We're gonna- no, but, I mean, like, th- think about it this way. Like, all right, so so a lot of guys pay. 
you know, a lot of people, sorry, not guys, guys and girls, a lot of people pay a lot of money to go to school, to film school, right? Yeah. And once you're even in film school, you have to go through these classes and maybe sometimes you can't rent the equipment and maybe you, you know, you're with your fellow students, which is great. It's a really good experience. Here, you will be surrounded by people that have already made a ton of movies. You're surrounded by professionals. And, you know, to have access to that, it, it's, like I said, it's the fast track of education. There's nothing better than being on set. That's the best way to learn. Yeah, you know? that's true. That is a hands-on course right there. Well worth the price for Luminato. If you think about the amount of schooling and, and all the other crap you'd have to get through to get the same amount of training, uh, that's how you want to learn is to be on set right there. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, wh- how long is this Kickstarter? When does it end? So uh, we have it set for 34 days. So oh, I believe it, it ends in, uh, I think it's the 10th of November. So okay. Kickstarters can be whatever length you want then, right? That's correct. But um, there's, you know, there's, there's a certain um, amount of days that it's, it's been uh, – it, Kickstarter, for anybody out there that wants to start a Kickstarter, just let me tell you this. It's not easy. It's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We are – Pretty much running, like I said, on fumes. Even though we're happy, we're excited, we're elated, um, our funds are gone. I mean, this is a full-on, you know, investment, and so um, you don't want to be doing that for more than thirty-four days. Right. Yeah, it's true because uh, that we had talked to Greg Wiseman, who he recently kickstarted like an audio play, and he was like, "That was the hardest thing I ever did." Like he he said the same thing. It's a full-time job. You got to nurse this thing every day. So every day we're gonna you're gonna have updates and. Uh, Stuff for the backers in the campaign. What can we expect? Absolutely, we have. Um, I'm going to be there twenty four seven. So if somebody has a question, somebody wants to post, post some feedback, somebody wants to talk to me, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be answering them directly. Um, you know, the, the as, as fast as I can. You know, because if we get if we get a ton of people, you'll just people have to be a little patient. But yeah, we'll just try to update as fast as I can. I'll try to do um, video updates as well, just to keep people posted. Um, yeah, man. Like this is this is this is it for us. So we're we're fully invested, and, and we want to make sure people know that we're here, hundred percent. Dude, how exciting, man! This is unbelievable. Listener, jump on back this and join them for this ride because this is a, a, an incredible adventure. It's an odyssey. It's into an odyssey. But man, <laughs> let's. This is what I want to say. I want the experience of your Kickstart page. Can we talk about the narration you have by uh, Jeffrey Ford? Who uh, who is Jeffrey Ford? Absolutely. So Jeffrey, Jeffrey is a, a very talented uh, voiceover actor who, again, have no idea how I found him. Another <laughs> happy accident. I, I, he saw the project, he fell in love with it, and he, he, he just he brought so much to it. And he opened up the, this world of, of you know, the, the, the narration to me. Um, and we worked together on the script. So if you go on the page, right, and you go to the bonus content section. Yep. Uh, and you press play on his narration. Yep. It starts. It takes about ten seconds to start. We have a ten second delay. Um, but as soon as the narration begins, and you let the voice carry you, and you slowly scroll through the story, yes, uh, you will hit certain beats that will just send chills through your bones. And and that's just a little bit of a taste of what we want to achieve. Uh, let me just tell you, listener, first of all, can I put this at the end of the show? Do you mind? Would that be okay? Just the audio bit? Yeah, please. Please do. Because yes, it's, this is not just a voiceover, listener. This is what Greg Wiseman is doing with Raina Ghost. This is what Cape Swoosh Productions does. This is a full-produced 
audio piece with sound effects, with music, with scoring. It is theater of the mind. And exactly what Fetty said, if you play this, and so the story is on the page, but you don't even have to read anything because wonderful Jeffrey Ford is telling you the story. And you look at the animatics and you just let yourself get lost in these illustrations while you're immersed in this audio experience. Like... I was so in. I was there, dude. I was in Slumberland. Like it, it was amazing. I've never seen a this page. Is, this with is an this, amazing Kickstarter page. with this kind of experience. Yeah. This it's a complete audio visual uh, experience. It's amazing. Really good job, you guys. I I really appreciate it, man. It, it means the world to me that you guys are are connecting on that level with us because we, like I said, we pour our hearts and souls into this. Um, Jeffrey put his heart and soul into it. Like I said, he's a very, very accomplished um, actor, and uh, I, I, I would, under any other circumstance, and I don't want to burn him here, but you know, don't go asking him for favors. But, but he did me <laughs> a really big favor yeah. on his reign, yeah. and that's how I was able to to work with him. But otherwise, um, you know, there there was just no way. And uh, you know, toward the end, like one of the things that I also wanted to talk about is once you experience a page, once once you can see what we've put together for you, and, and you know you're you're into it, um, it comes down to talking about the numbers, right? And people sometimes get a little bit uncomfortable talking about numbers. Uh, they t- they get a they get a little bit iffy with budgets. So I've tried my best to break down the budget as clearly as I can. I try to tell people, illustrate. Uh, yeah, it's on the page. It's on there. Like, you, like, that's nice a, little pie chart. That is another know. thing. Yeah. Nobody discloses this. This is amazing. You're like, why see, do you need this money? You're going to yeah, see exactly awesome. where the money is going, and it's fascinating because I don't think a lot of people know this. Exactly, and and that's the thing. It's like our promise to everybody to be transparent and continue with that line of respect to our backers. You know, we and we we're telling you straight up. Most of the money is going on fees and reward fulfillment. That's that's where most of the money is. Um, we have about sixty percent remaining for production, and then out of that sixty percent, we have a second uh, budget breakdown underneath it that explains oh, every single step of the of production the breakdown. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen this before. No, and no, this is full disclosure, people. Like, uh, this is what big studios are would be afraid. They'd be shitting in their pants if they had to put this. <laughs> they had to put this shit out on a page. They'd be like, "Oh crap, we got to ixnay on all the meals and the coffees we put on the." Oh thing. shit, we gave fifty mil to RDJ. <laughs> yeah, the, gonna, don't put that. Don't put that Rolex we gave the the dude in there. You know, this is amazing. It's amazing. Full disclosure, and it's it, it is. It's a complete. I love how you got this from both ends, from the fan phone the filmmaker everyone's learning and 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 you're meeting these awesome characters thank you thank you and, and you know when when people you know it's a lot of money man like i listen it's it's a lot of money but what i want people to understand is that what we're doing like this this you know our approximate production budget after all expenses which is 132 yeah is 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 enough is the minimum that we can so that we can deliver to you a very good quality project right that being said what I want people to do is to think about what we can do, obviously, with a bigger budget. I mean, uh, just to put things into perspective, uh, an episode of Game of Thrones cost okay. about six, six million dollars. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. Hold on, one episode? You didn't. Th- you didn't know that's pretty. I nice. didn't know it was six millions. I man, I thought it was maybe low. Wow. Okay. No, that's that. That's about yeah. It's it's per episode, right? So yeah. we're obviously you know not asking for that. Just want to put things into perspective and say, 
you know, let me, give me the opportunity to blow your mind and give you something of that quality. Yes. Let me, Fuck let, yes. yes. You know, give me the tools to give you like Game of Thrones quality stuff. And you know what? That this, with, for what you're asking, it can be done because this project is in the hands who's, who has knows about motion graphics, can do the skills, can do it, uh, has everything. He's done all the jobs, so uh, it's not a wasteful. You don't need all that waste to hire all those people. You could do this on a smaller budget, but you need at least a decent amount to make something quality. And that's not a lot to ask for what your guys' ambitious plans are. And it can definitely be done on computers and, you know... <laughs> Oh, you know what I mean? Like it's a it's a lot smaller scale production, but just as high quality. Absolutely, and and hopefully, you know, by hearing uh, six two and, and and seeing how he thinks and seeing the caliber of people that we're bringing into this, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you you can get extremely excited too. Six two, man, I can clearly hear the passion in your voice when you talked about these characters, and uh, if anything, that should assure everyone that this thing is full one hundred percent passion project with everyone involved. Yeah, and I think um, it's important to note, too, like, because you hear somebody on a podcast, right, and obviously this is a focused thing where you're able to really gather your thoughts and kind of, like, sell it in a legitimate way, but, like, I can say from personal experience that Fetty's enthusiasm and passion is legit. This isn't just, like, a thing as part of the Kickstarter. Just from emails to quick phone calls, it's pretty infectious how positive and enthusiastic he is about this world and, and how much care is put into it. So this is a legit, I know that, you know, passion project gets tossed around a lot, yeah. but this is a legit passion project. Listen, all listener, all you got to do is listen to Fetty the, from our first episode, oh the first gosh. time I talked to him. That's why I love the guy. He gets as geeked out as excited as I do, but uh, he has <laughs> ambitions and talent. So it works out a lot better for him on his end. That's all. <laughs> uh, but that's why, I mean, I really like it, after the first episode, I was like, this is like the brother I always wanted. Like oh, someone to gosh. grow up and geek out about comic books. Like I'm with you right there, buddy. Like I share your enthusiasm. Just like no, it, it definitely translates. Even like when you when you write to us via email and just yeah. even, it translates off the page. We could see you're so very positive. Yeah, you're so very passionate. positive, very passionate about everything you do. And, and this project's gonna hopefully get off the ground and be amazing because it. It needs it, it needs the backers right now. We, we, yeah. we want we we're going to get all the links in the show notes. Shockandair.com slash forty eight. Listen up, gents. We're gonna. I got a couple bits of show news, and uh, we'll wrap it up and give out the final plugs. Uh, here we go. And nerd. So real quick, it needs to be mentioned, we played the promo earlier of this podcast, We Be Geeks. Geeks. It is a new uh, geek podcast network that we will now be featured on. Basically, it's another set of ear holes for us and for you, Fetty. It's another set of ear holes for all our stuff going on. So hopefully by the time this show posts, the thing is I have to go and post all this shit up there Yeah, you have to do it manually, though. So hopefully by the time this show posts, I got something up there, but I wanted to play the promo. But we're also on A a Place to Hang Your Cape. And thank you to A Place to Hang Your Cape, which is the second promo. You can find that at ap2hyc.com. And thank you to Podcast PH, which is another website in the Philippines. All this means is more ear holes for our content, everyone. Geek Talk nerd. Uh, and the go. second thing I must mention, you guys, we have started. Uh, I wanted to say we started dipping our toes into doing live shows, but really we just kind of belly flopped right into the pool without any kind of preparation. If you go to jockandnerd.com slash blab, you'll find all our replays. We're having a lot of fun over there. You definitely want to check it out. There's going to be shows on the Blab page that aren't in the feed. We're doing our weekly shows on Blab about the TV reviews. we got a lot of fun guests. It is a crazy 
Listen, doing a live show is a completely different animal. It's like doing a sh- learning how to do this all over again. Exactly. No, and the way we've been doing it too, I mentioned it in maybe the prior episode or the one before that, is we're doing weekly TV shows and then we have specialty shows such as this one where we have yep. Fetty on or we'll do movie reviews or we'll have a specific topic that we're talking about. So there's two different kind of formats that we're kind of now, kind of now playing with that'll be for the foreseeable future. And listen, so there's still something for everything. We're having a lot of fun with both formats. You have to watch The Blab because lately I feel like I've been producing The Muppet Show. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you watch The Blab, you'll understand, you'll understand why. what that means. It is out of control, listener, but lots of fun. We're making a lot of great friends. Uh, such also, as, you should watch. Well, go ahead. Such as the lovely Elisa Giordana, who shout has out a to her. shout out to her, who has a she was on our last lab. She has a show called Kermit and Friends on Spreecast. It is a five day, uh, seven at seven p.m. five days a week live interactive variety talk show sketch show. Again, like what you guys are doing with the Kickstarter. This is a new medium. This is this is could replace TV. This is because you can watch this show. You can comment on the show. You can jump into one of the boxes on the show. And she's doing this five days a week. It's wild. But this is a new medium. It's breaking another medium. Like, TV is gone. Uh, people come on Blab and hang out all well, night. I hope it's not gone for the uh, pilot of Slumber Oh, Night dude, Night. we're still wherever it is. It's going to stream. <laughs> people are going to find it. They're going to love it. Uh, finally, you guys, thank you, Fetty Ponce and Sixto. Anthony Sixto for hanging out. Where yes. can everyone find you? What should we do? What do you want them to do? Um, so to find Anthony, Anthony, why don't you give him your, your information and, you know, don't steal him from me, from me, but <laughs> go look at his work for sure. <laughs> Anthony's off limits, but uh, you yeah. can definitely say hi and tell him how much you love his work. Yeah. You just look up like Google my name. I have like a art station and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm not much to plug yet. Oh, all, all right. right. <laughs> And then Fetty. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd rather just focus on the, the Sebastian thing. Ah, go good to the man. Kickstarter. See, look like, at that. Look focus. At I like loyalty. his focus. Lo- I like, I like that. He's a good guy. Don't get rid of Never let, let him go. <laughs> He's also got a great first name. Ah, I like his last name better. I the think, first name's a little played out. I think the first name's a little played out. Not at all generic. Dude, great name. No, no, not at all that, Italian. Dude. Sixto? <laughs> fucking Sixto is the best name ever. That's That's got power. I will say this because I'm more excited about doing stuff like this. If any, if there are any artists out there um, just looking for a good reference and stuff like that, there's some really good books I've been using lately. Oh, shout them out, man! Scott That's Robertson. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott Robertson put out a I don't know when, but I just got it recently. And I'm nerding out about is he put out a book called Blast, which is about like a spaceship design. Oh wow! And then he also has like an instructional book called How to Render. And I have nothing to do with the books coming out, so oh, that's chilling like, for them. Yeah, right on. I'm gonna just put like a, just a, I'm just a fan, so like. I highly recommend those books. I'm like just super excited about them. So we love to turn people on to good shit all the time, man. I'm going to check it out. I'll put links to those in the show notes. I love uh, those kind of instructional design books because you're never too old. To, you can be drawing all your life and you can find uh, an instructional drawing book that just completely blows your mind. You're never too old to learn and keep uh, working on the craft, man. Uh, Fetty, exactly. where can people find you and uh, say hi and, and the Kickstarter? All right. So October 6th, 6 o'clock in the morning. We're going live, so you can go to Kickstarter. I, unfortunately, I don't have a live link yet because That's fine. Yeah. It, um, we have the preview link, which we can share. The notes, uh, the, the the show notes will have the live link, listener. It's right there. Just look in the show notes or go to jockandnerd.com slash forty eight. Perfect. And uh, yeah, the Kickstarter page is the best place to reach me. You can, if you're really curious right now and you want to learn more, you can also go to the Facebook page, Sebastian Slumberland Odyssey. 
or you can look at us uh, look look us up on Twitter, Sebastian TV Show, and uh, yeah, that's the best way to, to to get in touch with me or to take a look at the project. Right on. I will have all those links at Easy Access. Where are they going to the be? Listener. In the show notes. In the schnotes. Schnotes? If you, uh, <laughs> it's an abbreviation for schnotes. Excuse you? Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. You're welcome back anytime. I love geeking out with you guys. Anthony, a pleasure meeting you. Six toe. Thank you. Oh, yeah. oh shut up. Nice meeting you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Six toe, no, you were awesome. Man. No, I had fun. I, this is. I like I like going into uh, delving into the brain of like a creator. That's my favorite yeah. thing to fucking talk about, dude. Yeah. I just want to geek out about drawing and creative process. But listen, we'll save that for the next show when these guys show up. Uh, thanks for listening, listener. Thanks for hanging out. We appreciate every second that you put us in your ear holes. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we'll hear you next time. <laughs> Okay, wait, hold on. Uh, that was, okay, that's the last one. Everyone is now listening to Kevin Smith's Smodcast podcast because he's way funnier than we are. So uh, we're, we're free to talk, you guys. How's it going? Uh, thanks for hanging out. This is usually where we do a little post-show rant. Anything random shit? Here, I got something random. I'm uh, Speaking of your Kickstarters, uh, y- you guys heard of Patreon, right? Yes. Did you yes. hear what happened to them? No, they no, no, no. they got hacked. Their entire database. Oh no, got Whoa. stolen. I have a story here. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, gigabytes of user data from hack of Patreon donation site dumped online. This is really kind of not good because I, I'm glad I didn't start. I was yeah, thinking, you were about, thinking about starting dude, a Patreon, I, this whole time. I was oh, like, no, 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 not anymore. I was like, give it a year, six months. Let's see. Maybe we can ask people for a dollar a month. See what happens. And now I'm like, oh, shit, dude, I feel so bad. There was lots of podcasts. There was a lot of comic book artists, a lot of music creators on Patreon getting a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and this is similar to the Ashley Madison hack, apparently. Uh, that, Except that, a different kind of. Well, different kind of information. <laughs> but, it, but it's the same information. Same information. All the donation records are gone, the emails, the passwords. Like it, They said the emails are still encrypted, but Ugh. they'll be able to get around that. So. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you nervous about Kickstarter. I'm sure they have a lot better platform and they're not going to get hacked. So that's all. But it's something you got to be, you know, this whole thing. How do you, how do we deal with this moving forward in society where, I mean, I use Grubhub on my phone. I'm entering my goddamn card code on everything online, Amazon. And right. what, at what point is the security just going to crack where it's all just going to go to shit? Yeah. Well, you know what I do is I, I have a, I have one card that I use for all online transactions and that has like, that's a control limit. Oh, that's so, smart. That's smart. Yeah, that's what I do. That's that is very. And smart. I think, um, I think what's happening too is just I mean, as far as like online payments. For a long time, we're so secure that it was, you know what I mean. It's yeah. it, I imagine it wasn't going to be a hundred percent secure for so long that now it's just like be working. The pain for stuff online is now just like walking down the street yeah. where you might get mugged in the digital world. Uh, so it's I just going to be, I think, a more common thing you just got to deal with. Yeah, oh, that's a good analogy. Yeah, that, I mean, like, it is similar. Wherever there's money transactions, there's got to be theft. Man, I, have you guys used Apple Pay? Like, I walk around and I just pop my phone and go, it goes bleep, and I'm like, oh shit, it just fucking paid for the thing. That was crazy. Yeah, and, and you know what? To me, to me, like, the, it, it, it's a little weird. I'll tell you why. Because in the name of convenience, we've sort of given up a lot of things, and one of the most important things that we've given up, uh, forget about data. 
uh, think about your brain structure, right? Yeah. If you, like back in the day, if you had a wallet full of fives and ones, yeah. and you go to the store, and you have to take those fives and ones, and you have to spend them, and there's a physicality to it, um, you would be less inclined to do so. But now, it's just points. It's just ah, abstract. You're right. Binary. And you just quit. Yeah, it's, it's, so not, it's not real money. It's not real anything. Like they're moving binary digits around and I, I have to force myself. It's like a life hack. Like I got to take 60 bucks in cash, leave my card at home, go to the grocery store saying this is all that you have allotted because otherwise exactly. I'm yes. buying all sorts of crap that we never eat that I threw out and I wasted money and I just fucking hate <laughs> myself for a week. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, too, is every time you swipe your card, even though technically you're taking money out, it, it's, another it's, it's vulnerable out of, point. It's, but it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Once you once you once you swipe the card, it's like, ah, right, maybe I got this for free. Almost, no, that's you know? the thing, because at that point, you don't know. I don't know how much money I have I, left I, after this transaction. No idea. I think I'm just guessing. I'm like, if it goes through, great. If it doesn't, uh, <laughs> I guess I don't need it. What am I gonna do? You, you know what's weird too is that, like, what you were saying, like, okay, so your data gets hacked, whatever, or um, you know, you get a fraudulent charge on your card. You call your bank and they don't ask questions anymore. You just no. say, "Hey, I'm disputing this charge," and they're like, they "Okay." Do it right away, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's really it's a weird world, man. It's a weird world where okay, your, your data is easily you know they can steal your data really easily. But you but can just get damage, it back. Yeah, the damage done is not that like it is a pain in the butt, but it's not like it used to be in back in the day. Like now, it's just like, "Hey, uh, I dispute this three hundred dollar charge," and they're like, "Okay, no problem." So, yeah, but the card, credit card companies are good too about. Like if you're in a foreign, like there's a foreign yeah. transaction, they'll call and it's hey. like over a certain amount of money. They'll call you right away and be like, "This was this valid? Are but, you are you good?" Yeah, right. And and you know what they do too, which is which is kind of creepy. Is now um, known to most people is that there there is a really famous algorithm that companies use to determine behavior. So what's going to happen is in the next, I don't know how many years, but in the next few years, we're going to get rid of passwords, and what's going to happen is we're, 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 there's this um, algorithm that detects your behavior. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, and then based on the patterns of your behavior, that's how you gain entry to whatever it is that you, that you well, What want. if you're like a wacky, spontaneous, unpredictable motherfucker like, <laughs> like myself a little bit, and one day I just I walk into a magic store because I want to buy a fucking hat with a bunny in it, and then the thing is like, this is not your behavior. You can't buy this. All you, all you do yeah, is buy kinda, you That's creepy. <laughs> yes, that's creepy. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I like that. Well, that's already, there's already algorithms online for like your website, you know, viewing habits. Then they'll show you well, ads. And there's a net, the Netflix algorithm yeah. that they had like a contest to figure out this recommendation. That like whenever I go on, good, whenever though. I go on like Facebook or anything, it's there's there's specific uh, ads that are shown to me that I'm like, wait, how do they know I like well, these artists? They've been tracking your shit, dude. Everything is an algorithm, right? I'm telling you, man, that's the provenance. It's it's coming to us. The provenance uh, is coming, yeah. So, oh, man. So, wait. Speaking of digital, I want to talk to Sixto some more because I want to know, uh, do you work uh, old school or are you a digital guy there or combination? I bounce back and forth. Uh, so, like, depending on really – really the way I work is whatever I need to get it done. And sometimes you work digitally and you hit a roadblock. Yeah. So then I pull out paper and I do pen, ink and pen and pencil. But there's been times where I ran into uh, – I was doing a creature design and I kept running into like trying to make the anatomy feel natural. Yeah. And I ended up pulling out clay oh. and just sculpting the rough thing in clay and oh, I wow. solved the problem that way. Wow. So basically the, the more experience I get in, in the industry, the more I realize like 
there's no such thing as just being a digital or a traditional. That's it's true. you have a, a bunch of tools on the table, and you you have to do whatever you can to get the job done. Sure, no, the, the the digital is just a tool, but it does speed up certain workflows and processes. Of and course, in terms of like trying different colors, different compositions, real quick, that would have taken you days to do, you know, on paper. Absolutely. And, but you know, yeah, there's no mixing paint. I want to I want to put uh, six on the spot, Imran, because um, there's there there was this one time. This is a cool story. You guys will like this. Um, it, it, we were working through a concept, and I, I forgot which character it was. I think it was Lizzo. Yeah, it was Lizzo. And we were working through Lizzo, and Lizzo was sort of like it gave us it gave us a little bit of trouble, but but uh, we managed. But at one point, um, Anthony had to travel. And he didn't have access to his computer. And all of a sudden, I freaked out because we had a deadline. And, and you know, I was like, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, I get this email. And he's like, hey, I was on an airplane or a train or some sort of transportation device. I don't know. I don't know where he was. And I busted out some, some markers and some paint. And I painted this. And, I, and, he sent, and like, he sent me a picture of it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is That's badass. So, yeah. Yeah. Really badass. No, that I mean that's great. I, like I said, this is just a tool, but I love to nerd out over digital tools. Sixto, what are your favorite digital tools? Like, what are you working? Uh, final, like are a lot of the final pieces. They obviously they're going to come from the the computer, the final versions of things. Yeah, when I do finishing, it all goes through Photoshop, and I have my own pre- uh, set of preset tools that Photoshop has. So it's my own custom brushes. Nice, but again, like the. The, you know, the more experience I get and the more I learn, and you hear this a lot and it really is true, like I'm also going back on my own time studying just like basic fundamentals and the more you do that, the more you kind of realize digitally your tools simplify and you're not using so many crazy different sure. things. yeah. Yeah, and so at the end of the day, it's it's all based on your ability to define form and light, so... So yeah, just Photoshop mainly. Um, like cint- sometimes cintiq? I know ZBrush. So you, you got a Cintiq? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like hardware. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I use Cintiq. I use the Wacom, um, the Pro Pen. It's a slightly thinner than the standard pen. Oh, more levels uh, of uh, sensitivity. Yeah, absolutely. And then I use, depending on like what I'm doing, um, as far as the subject matter, like more organic materials, I'll use the nib that has a spring to it or paper, okay. so it's a little bit softer and yeah. fuller. Yeah. And then hard surface stuff, I tend to use the harder nib that has not as much suspension. Yeah. Just because it's more more immediate. Um, I have two monitors. I le- my left monitor is usually completely filled with reference, um, and uh, and a small window, which is this image of my Wacom Wacom tablet. Yeah. But much smaller, so I can, I can just glance at it from afar. So you see the, the whole thing. Yeah, you see the whole thing while you're zoomed in. Like, this is going to get really inside. Artists might like this, but I love geeking out about this. Now, your Photoshop document, how do you, you – there's a lot of layers. Are you combining layers as you go? Uh, what's your philosophy or strategy there? So if there was like a timeline of my layers window yeah. Yeah. as I was working – it would look like a pulse because it, it expands, expands multiple layers, and then it gets flattened, yeah, yeah. then expands, expands, flattened. So early on, I'm working with a lot of layers, but when I finally, okay, I'm going to render now what, a final thing, I f- usually flatten it into one image. Sometimes the background is separated from like a main layer. Okay. Uh, yeah, then I go there. It's different depending on what I'm working on. Environments, if I'm working on environments, then there's way more layers. But for cr- characters and creature, uh, the layers usually get condensed at some point expand then condensed again so that's awesome no that's this is the shit i love have you ever heard of uh, manga studio 5 
Have you tried? No. That? What is that? It's a it's a it's an amazing program that it's for comic book creation, but it combines vector and raster tools. But it, and you can make panels and pages oh. real quick. Uh, word bubbles. It has the text. It's all in one. It has all these textures. It has half tones. The drawing tools are amazing. You can buy this guy's drawing tools, and uh, that's that's why I was geeking out because I have a I can't afford a Cintiq, so I have the it's like six hundred bucks. It's the Yi Nova nineteen inch. It's just as good as the Cintiq. The glass is a little bit higher, but I love drawing digitally and manga yeah. studio five dude just write that down if you never used it just give it a little spin if you're into like you don't even have to be making comic books but it gives you the tools to do comic book illustrations really quickly and easily it's lots of fun yeah and especially nowadays there's so many different softwares tools out there yeah where really again it's just about getting the job done i know people who use coral painter that's oh, another one yeah 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 and that's at, a big, at the end of the yeah. day as long as you have a good design at the end, I, it doesn't. It's just another really tool. Yeah, yeah. Painter, Painter is cool though. I wish I wish that Photoshop would have that uh, ability to mix your color palette digitally. You know, yeah. like grab a swatch, you know, the swatch and mix that. Yeah. I, I miss that. Yeah, in Painter, that's how people, yeah, that's how, I mean, I use Photoshop eight hours a day at work, so that's, I mean, I'm always, <laughs> that's all I do is uh, pushing pixels. Uh, <laughs> hey, before, one more thing, I really wanted to know about Foreen, because I, I just, I keep looking at this grid of characters, and I just, my eye just keeps getting drawn to her, because she has hair fire, she has I think fire that, for hair. I think that's purposeful. That it's awesome. eyes being drawn to her. I want to know who she is, and I want to know how that design happened, because her, it's cool. Cool. So, uh, Fiorin, she is, um, again, she's from another family. She is a resident of Slumberland. She's a creature from Slumberland. And her story is that she was part of a traveling group of falling stars. And she. Wow. Yeah, and she got distracted. She was very curious and she wanted to get closer to the uh, surface. So, it's almost like an inverse Icarus. Inverse Icarus, yeah. That's so cool. I love it. And so she fell onto Slumberland and, and, you know, her family just kind of kept flying. So now her mission, her need is to go to the highest peak of Slumberland and wait and hope for, you know, her her family to come by again and and rejoin them. But um, obviously she's going to have to experience a very different transformation. Okay. Who came up with the hair on fire bit? It's amazing. (laughs) Was that Sixto? Oh, Fetty. Nah, it's nice. Fetty. He, oh, really? This, was, this character, I would say this character of all the ones I got was probably the one that was kind of, he had the clearest vision for early. So a lot of it was more so working within that clear vision and trying a little, like, I would say like the, the stone pieces that she has, like yeah. as far as the aesthetic of that, yeah. and as far as the aesthetic of how much accessory she had, that was kind of where the exploration was, but for the most part, this character was uh, predominantly Fetty's Fetty's vision. Is, is that like a gauntlet, like a gauntlet hand, fire hand thing going on? Is that what that is? That well, it was meant to be kind of. Um, her, so her hands are also fire, and I wanted it awesome. to kind of almost look like she had she had torches for arms. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and without getting too much, that's also there's stuff tied to that. That ah. man, everything I'm going to be pouring over these details, yeah. man. There's everything and so, everything. All these characters are so layered. And, I, and now it explains why. Like I'm fascinated by certain things. Like why did you make certain choices? But not I. Like I think I know because it's all going to be. There's going to be a payoff for everything. It's so oh, fucking yeah. cool. No, look at look at her eyelashes. Even. Yeah. Her, Freaking six though, man. Like he goes in and like he's like, I did the eyelashes this way because da 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 da. And I'm like, brilliant, That's genius. Wow. You guys have a great, a great creative chemistry yeah, 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 going. Yeah, great, great working chemistry. Unbelievable. Sure. 
That's awesome. Uh, Fetty, are you, uh, I mean, are you, I know you're deep into uh, Slumberland right now, but is there anything that's caught your eye, um, you know, watching, uh, you know, what do you do when you take a break or, from this shit? Or TV or uh, literature? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've, uh, I've actually uh, I've picked up uh, a few things. I picked up a really cool uh, comic book. Have you guys heard of Neo Tokyo? Uh, I have briefly. It sounds like, a, is it the Akira thing? Uh, no, no, no. It's like its own, own it's like a brand new, uh, it's uh, issue one. Okay. It's okay. a brand new story. I love it. It's all about... It's very. It's really weird because it seems like there's this wave of thought right now of people who are becoming aware of uh, technological pollution and its effect on ourselves and our connections. So uh, this guy's thesis is is exactly that. Um, you know that the world has been completely overtaken by by technology, but technology is entertainment. So everybody is just hyped up on entertainment, oh. and, and it's, it's really interesting. It's really cool. It's like. It's almost like um, like a like a very very well updated uh, Blade Runner. Oh, cool! That, that's uh, yeah. it. Also reminds cool. me of this episode of Have you seen Black Mirror? I think on Netflix. It's yes, this, yes. And you know, so you know the episode that I'm talking crazy, about yeah. that the episode where. With- the, the the reality show where these guys live and there's just giant TV screens, reality uh, music all yeah. the time, and they're like they have to win this thing to like survive. They have to pedal all the time, and like the overweight people are like the servant uh, the servant class because they're not good. It was the most fucked up show. That show is amazing. There and apparently this yeah. is exciting. It's coming back as a Netflix or only original series. Nice. It's so yeah, good. Episode two is the one that hooked me. Yeah. But when I saw that episode, because everybody kept on telling me about it. And it just blew my mind as far as just like the – I mean the concept as far as that that kind of society yeah. isn't like this crazy new idea. But the way they handle it was just so like fresh feeling and, yep. and cool and yep. relevant that I – it was really exciting. And it actually got pretty dark at times in a way I didn't expect yeah. that. I was like, yeah. So actually Black Mirror is a show. That's something I've been nerding about lately. Black Mirror <laughs> is great. Have you seen it's Sense Net, 8? It's Netflix, only, yeah. Netflix only? Black Mirror? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Sense it, Sense Eight, right? Yeah, yeah I haven't that's seen Netflix that yet. That's Netflix original. I think here's my take on it. Okay, I give the Wachowski siblings so much credit because they are trying to tackle something really complex, and and it's it's a difficult it's difficult to watch. But if you get into it, there's a lot of juice in there. And let me like try to be like a little bit more clear. We, as viewers of entertainment, we, we've, we're trained. We're trained and programmed to like certain things. We like action. We like the, the heroic path of, of violence and, and this and that. And the series, Sensei, is not about that. Even though it has those elements, Sensei is about empathy, about compassion, about mind-melding, about very different emotions. Um, so I think it's a. It, I love it. I think it's a difficult series to watch, but but I think it's they're on something really. There's special. only like ten episodes, all right, or thirteen. Yeah, yeah it's not a lot. So I, uh, I, I've and you heard can just great binge things. watch it. Yeah, and you could just uh, rip right through it. What's this kind of exciting about a lot of these shows that are out now is like we're in an era right now. Like if you go back and like like the history of television, like you had like television shows are usually like these one single arcs for a while, like yep. in the fifties and sixties. And then like Hill street blues came along, I think like in the eighties. Yep. Right. And yep. introduced a little, and then Sopranos came along and introduced, yep. okay, we can psychology. So now we're in this layer where we're able to mix like these complicated narratives with these complicated 
visual designs and visual layers now. So it's and the audiences now are, in, including us, are catching up to being able to process all of this in a short amount of time. Yes. So there's a lot of really cool stuff happening right now. <laughs> say the next 10, 20 years, I think will probably be as good as people think stuff's now. I'm, that's what I'm excited about is this next decade coming up of just the intense learning how to balance like CGI with narrative and stuff yeah. like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that's what makes like watching a, like a shitty show really difficult now <laughs> because we, we, so we do these weekly <laughs> comic book TV show, TV yeah. show reviews and uh, me and Imran decided this week that we have to quit watching Gotham. We got to break up with Gotham because, <laughs> well, it's just because the, the, like, you're seeing what, like what the potential of television and these TV shows are. Like I just started watching walking dead. Um, I'm obviously very late in the game, but uh, with the power of Netflix, I can just binge watch it. So I'm already in season three, and like I'm just like I I want to keep watching every week, and I like the the aspect of the the how humans act react under intense pressure and with it, it's not about the zombies, it's about more about the relationship. And then you watch a shitty show like Gotham, <laughs> and it's just like there's nothing going on here. Well, the, pro- the problem with Gotham is that it's on the CW, right? And so no, it's, well, Fox. it's Fox, but Fox. same fucking same, same yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> so here's the difference between like regular TV and Netflix and all these other outlets. Regular TV is just a a sort of a primer for the bigger properties, right? So they're just trying to prime people for the bigger properties. Mm-hmm. Whereas with uh, Netflix and, and Hulu and all these independent things, they're giving you access to to a little bit more of um, you know just more original content, more content that doesn't have an agenda to get you to go to the movie. Its own agenda is just to right. you know have you digest the show, which is which is great. And I think that's that's maybe perhaps like why I feel the same way you guys do. Is like I, I haven't watched TV and no, uh, it's a, and those shows like some I agree. Some of it is a tease. Like we right. talked about Agents of Shield is really to just get you yeah. to go watch Marvel movies when they have the potential to do something great. Now I love what you said, Fetty, because. The Netflix model, this is unprecedented. The reason it's so great, the fact that you could do, write, film, shoot 13 episodes all at once with one complete thought, with nothing interrupting, with no nobody halfway mid-season changing it because they see the reaction from the character, with nothing like a writer's strike. This, you're just extending an awesome movie and you're presenting it all at once in pieces. That is what's going to change the way people make TV shows now. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. And the process, just the process behind the the, you know, the, the business part of it. If you take a look at the business, right? The way you, I'm just going to repeat what you're saying. But basically, the way TV was is made is like you put out a little bit of content, you get a reaction, you get, you know, uh, you do a uh, market research, you see what's hitting, and then you focus on that. And then what you're doing is just you're just catering to those, um, you know, whatever to that response. Whereas with the with the other model. You're an architect. You're building that entire, you know, 14 episodes, 12 yep. episodes, whatever. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it's going to react or not. You know what was really good? I'll tell you guys what one of my favorite series has been. Uh, have you guys been watching Mr. Robot? We talked about that on the last blab. I watched the first uh, first two episodes. I'm going to say this. I said it. This, when I the, This show is so awesome. What got me were the titles of the shows, right? Let me tell you why. Yeah. Because I pulled it up on my DVR. And at first I'm like, is my DVR glitching out? What the fuck is this? The titles are the show that is literally EPS01SO1 underscore hello world dot AVI. 
Yeah. One other That's show great. is yeah. like EPS02 underscore error zero dot MOV. And first I was like, what the fuck is wrong with my DVR? I think I got to reboot this thing. And I looked it up. I was like, that's the fucking title of the show. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It sucked me in, and it's a hacker show, and it's a hacker title, man. Talk about the show. It's really great. I just watched the first episode. Christian Slater is in it. Hmm. He gets, he gets, It'd be funny if it turned out that was an accident, the title. Like right? They just accidentally yeah. gave the wrong file, and they're like, no, we totally meant to do that. Uh, <laughs> leave it now there. we're going to run with this. Yeah, it's like, I forgot yeah. to fill out the titles. Uh, whoops. <laughs> so so one of the cool things about this this show is – um, if you like, if you take a look at the screens, whenever there's a screen on on your screen, like you know, if, even if it's in the background, whatever code is running there is yeah. real code. Wow! Wow! Um, wow! That type of attention to detail that this guy has, this Sam, I think his, uh, I forget his last name, but. Um, that's it's a phenomenal show, man. Hell of a show. Love yeah. that show. Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta watch the rest of it. It totally it hooked me. And he's just like a hacker who likes to fuck with people. And <laughs> Slater's like this homeless dude. And I guess uh, they're gonna. They, uh, he's like very mysterious. Right. Um, and I'm just I'm intrigued to see where it goes. So so great. All right, you guys. Well, I'm not gonna ruin any more of your night. If you, uh, it was a pleasure yeah, hanging no, out awesome, with you. Guys. All this we're gonna leave in the show. So this is all a great after show to add to everything. Um, that's about unless you got anything else. That's about it. Thank you so much. No, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Sixto, oh, a pleasure you meeting you, man. Anytime yes. you want to come on and just geek out about artwork or anything, you're more than welcome. You know, this is uh, we're just two dudes here, just hanging out and geeking out. So. Absolutely, yeah. This is a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tell Anthony. all your friends. I know this episode's going to get another five million downloads because yeah. uh, Fetty, Fetty's, Fetty's the man. Fetty dude. is the man. Fetty's well, you know, you know, what I'm really excited about. To be honest with you, I'm I'm really excited that you know when when the campaign launches and people get to see that that logo. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm hoping that that you know gets gets a lot more traffic to you guys because you guys deserve it. You guys put up a really great show. Dude, that's oh, awesome. Man. I we love this that. guy here. Geek that's for you guys. <laughs> Take that back to the whole crew of Sebastian there and tell him I said I said I love you. <laughs> I'm just saying I love you a lot to people. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> that time of year. The Slumberland Odyssey is the first sci-fan tale to take the viewer on a mind-bending adventure through two worlds that have seldom been intertwined before. One world is the future, where thanks to the miracle of sentient AI, humanity has finally united in overcoming war, poverty, and disease, with only one small price to pay. Human beings have foregone their ability to dream, and with just cause, since unauthorized dreaming is now punishable by death. However, there is a legend, a legend of a world that exists beyond the reach of the AI, a world known as Slumberland. A realm created from the remainder of human dreams and desires. A place where the lost unassimilated renegades escape to in the middle of the night. It is there they search the remaining scraps of human emotion in hopes of saving the lost glimmers of imagination. Our story begins in a small house on the outskirts of the city of Vigilas. 
There, Sebastian and Micah, two unassimilated siblings thick as thieves and a few years apart, take turns assisting their mysteriously ill grandfather as they try in vain to suppress their imaginations, lest they be discovered by the AI. But the clock is ticking and danger looms near, for neither sibling can stop themselves from dreaming. When the AI senses their dream waves, Micah inexplicably disappears, leaving Sebastian to care for his ailing grandfather. Despite the impending danger, the old man reluctantly allows Sebastian to venture into slumberland alone and obtain a magical cure before his time runs out. Armed with only his wits, Sebastian enters a world where anything is possible, where both adventure and deadly peril await him, terrible nightmares with the power to devour him, and lost remnants of imagination with the power to save him. Where perhaps he will find the mysterious cure in time and save his grandfather, and perhaps, just perhaps, he will find his brother. That is, if the AI does not find him first.